study where angels appear. Um, last Saturday, um, I was preparing for our worship band meeting. And what I like to do is try to present a DVD teaching or a worship teaching from some different artists and people who have worship ministries. And so I was looking all over the internet trying to find teachings and all this, and I thought, you know what, this is silly. God, what do you want me to teach these people? <laughs> Speak to my heart. And so God did, and I liked it so much I want to share it with you. Just so that we have a sense of what we're doing in worship. It's the same teaching I give to our worship band so that we'll be on the same page. And God just spoke to me this one thing. Where did angels appear in the Gospels? And so that stirred me. What happened when angels appeared? And so I want to take you on a journey and a study of the Word of God, of what happened in the New Testament when angels appeared. Because that is what is happening when we worship. So if you will, let's take our outline. Let's begin to look at this. We start with Peter. And so as we're looking at worship... I don't know why this number works. Is anybody up there? Brandon? You're a dear bro. Help me. Oh, there it is. It worked now. Okay. Worship in the house of God. Why do we worship? 1 Peter 1.12. Now, let me read that with you. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. And he's talking about the prophets, Isaiah and Ezekiel. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. So angels are involved in the ministry of salvation and in the ministry of the revelation of Jesus. That's what angels are looking into, the revelation of Jesus. So wherever there is a revelation of God and a revelation of Jesus, angels appear. So we need to take a look at that. We need to understand that. So that where there is worship, in fact, if you would go to heaven right now, what you would find is worship going on, wouldn't you? Because that's where the angels minister. They minister in worship. In fact, God had them make an imitation of heaven, the tabernacle. And what he wanted the people to do is understand the pattern of worship in heaven. And so he had them make a model of what heaven is. Now, heaven doesn't look like this. Heaven is not made out of cloth and wood and gold and uh, garments uh, and pomegranate sculptures and vestments. It's none of that. All of that is an imitation or a representation of what is heavenly. We can't even comprehend those things. So, you know, it's cheap imitation, if I may say it. It's a physical representation of a spiritual glory. And so God had Moses carefully construct a tabernacle because he said, you better get this right, Hebrews 10 talks about it, that it is a model of heaven. It's the model of the very throne room of heaven. And what I want to show you is the ministry of angels in this. Now, what I'm getting at, you've, you've got to stick with me, what I'm getting at is not a lesson on angels, it's a lesson on worship. Amen. But I'm using angels 
as the vehicle to understand true worship. So as we're in the tabernacle, the tabernacle was separated by different veils and coverings. And so as you're in the outer courts or the physical universe, you come into the second heavens and the heavenly realm, and you move into the third heavens of God's throne. But as you enter into God's presence on the tabernacle, the very covering that only the priests could see in the holy place, which was then later covered by goat hair, ram's hair, and badger skin. I don't know what that's about. But anyways, the tapestry above their head had woven images of angels. The veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place had a veil that sewn on it by artists was a representation of angels. As you passed through the angel and you came to the mercy seat or the Ark of the Covenant, the very throne of God and what surrounded or covered the throne of God were angels. The Bible calls cherubim covering angels. The Bible says that God rides upon the cherubim. They surround the throne. When in the book of Revelation you go to approach the throne of God, which is in the middle of the heavens among the the, the redeemed saints and the living creatures, you have to pass through the covering angels. Angels cover the glory of God. And so in the tabernacle, when you wanted to approach God for worship, you went through the angels. Now, I'm not saying we worship through angels. All I'm saying is they were there for a reason. And that reason is what we want to experience in our worship. Our worship has nothing to do with angels, but it has to do with why angels appear, why they're there, all right? Angels are there to bring the glory of God and magnify it and to continually worship. So we see in an imitation of heaven that the very presence of God is covered by angels, top to bottom and all around the throne, and the very throne is covered by the seraphim and the glory of angels. Now, let me go further with that. In John 1.51, there is a wonderful story about Nathan, Nathaniel. He became an apostle, a disciple of Jesus. Jesus approached Nathaniel, and he said, Ah, a man in Israel without God. All right? And that blew Nathaniel away. You must be a prophet. Now, why would that be? Jesus said, I saw you under the tree praying. And what Jesus meant isn't that, hey, there's a guy over there praying. What Jesus meant is he saw into the man's heart. I believe, it's not in the text, but it's implicit in the text, that he must have been praying, oh God, make me a man without guile. Okay? Bitterness. Make me a man that's not bitter and unforgiving. And Jesus approaches and says, I see a man without guile. That triggered in Nathaniel, you must be the prophet. Okay? Now what we want to focus on is what Jesus said to Nathaniel. I bet the battery's low on this. That's what I bet's what's wrong with it. So Steve, just uh, hit the arrow on that. Must be the battery. Alright, John 1.51, Jesus says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, This is Jesus saying to Nathanael, You will see heaven opened and the angel of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. 
Okay, that's interesting. Jesus says to Nathanael, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What do you think that's a reference to? What does that mean? It's an illustration that every Jew would know and understand. Jacob's ladder. When, when he was sleeping and praying, he saw angels ascending and descending as he slept there. Right? Okay, so Jacob's ladder is a reference. Now, what Jacob saw was God opening the heavens to the man he was in covenant with. To whom God is in covenant with, all that is his belongs to you and all that is yours belongs to him. For those who are in covenant with God, heaven is opened. Yeah. So if God is in covenant with you, what he was saying to Jacob is all that is mine is yours. The covenant I made with Abraham, the covenant I made with your father Isaac, I now make with you and heaven is open to you. My promises are open to you. My faithfulness is open to you. We are in covenant together. Though you're a rascal, Jacob, and I'll take you down, buddy. And they wrestled another time. God opened heaven. And now this is what's interesting. That was a prophetic reference for the church. It's a prophetic reference as Jesus then comes to Nathanael, declaring who he is in a sense through his prophetic uh, anointing. He then says to Nathanael, you will now see, all right, indication. You will now see something is happening with Jesus coming to earth. He says, you will see what? Heaven, say it again, you will see heaven. Now, now, now that's not just a sunny day and the clouds move aside. What is, when Jesus says to someone, you will see heaven open, what does he mean? All that's in heaven is yours. Heaven's open to you, okay? Like when a store says, we're open for business. What happens? The doors swing open and you go in. He says, you will now see on the Son of Man, heaven is open and the messengers of God or the will of God in heaven shall be done on the earth because you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So, I mean, did you really see Jesus walking around and angels would come and walk down on him and then right up on him up? I mean, was he speaking literally that angels are going to come all around him, up and down off of him? What was he saying? If angels are coming up and down, what's going on? The will of heaven is coming into earth. It's invading earth. You getting this? Heaven is invading earth. Why did Jesus have us when he gave us a template for prayer? One of the key parts of that template is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we declare the will of God, heaven's open. Folks, heaven is open. Church has got to get this. Okay? Jesus said, you're going to see upon the Son of Man heaven open. Once that blood sacrifice was given, Jesus said, it is finished. Heaven cracked open. The veil was ripped in the temple. Remember the veil with the angels on it? We don't need imitation angels anymore. We've got the reality of heaven coming down to earth and back and forth. When the church, the called out, the chosen ones, the ecclesia, the assembly of God, when we come together, heaven's open. Heaven is open.
And there's a descending and ascending activity going on between heaven and earth. I can tell you this. There's all sorts of demonic activity going on in the world. There's all sorts of demons moving in planet earth and moving out and moving through these rituals and evil things that people are doing in demonic form. And the church is wixling dixie. Look at we can bring this heaven to earth. We've got to start recognizing heaven's open. The command of God is open. Do you know what Jesus called angels? In the book of Hebrews, through the writer Paul, he said that are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Angels are sent here to minister to whom? Us! All right, they're servants of us. Do you, let me ask you this, does your prayer life have angels coming up and down from heaven enough? Are they on a rickety old staircase or a stinking ladder? I want an escalator. I want them moving. I want a freight elevator. I want angels upon angels. I want, I want to get myself in such a, such a place that when I, I have to call down heaven, I, I, I have to fight against darkness that I want to call armies of angels. Don't give me one angel on a ladder. God, I want my prayer life that active. Do you believe heaven's open to you? Do you see what I'm saying? Do we really believe it? Are we praying as if we know that right now, because I've prayed, angels are descending to heaven? I'm sorry, descending to earth to get something done for the will of heaven. Because I declared the will of God for it to be done, and angels are ministering spirits to do the bidding of God. God asked me to be an ambassador for him here so that I would declare his will here. Okay? Now, that's just the intro of what worship is really all about. I want to read something to you uh, that I read in a blog by a person named Amy Miller. and She said this, A new spiritual season took place. With it came a distinct prophetic change between the angelic messages of the Old Testament and those of the New Testament. It's important to note that the ministry of angels in the Gospels was to bring forth messages of comfort and peace rather than judgment and destruction. When Jesus was born, an atmosphere of peace descended upon the land for those who had been watching and waiting for the promised Messiah. No wonder all the heavenly hosts rejoiced at his birth, for Jesus himself was called the Prince of Peace. He's saying that in, uh, she's saying in this dispensation that when Christ descended, came in bodily form, heaven literally now came to earth. The God of glory loosened and no longer grasped to hold his position of authority, but came, the word became flesh, to tabernacle now among us as a people. Not with an imitation of heaven, but the real deal. And that's why Jesus said, now you're going to see it, Nathaniel. Now you're going to see it. Heaven's opened. Angels are moving. Heaven is moving. Heaven is now moving to earth. It's invading planet earth. Heaven is invading planet earth. And the prayers of the righteous are those that bring the presence of God into the earth. It's the angels moving because the prayers are praying. The saints are praying. And because the blood was shed, now heaven is opened and there's an open heaven. 
okay? Amen. So now the angels are coming forth to descend and move in planet earth as the church is declaring the will of God and bringing the gospel to all the nations. This is a takeover spiritually from a demonic realm that has held human, humankind in the grip of slavery. But the ships have arrived and the angels are descending to loose the bonds because the church is rising up and declaring, thus saith the Lord, this is the will of God. Be healed, be strengthened, be renewed. Heaven's opened. Now, that's what angels do. So, when I asked God, what about worship? What does it mean? He then spoke to my heart. What appeared with angels? What happened when angels came in the New Testament? That's what's supposed to happen in worship. Okay? So let's take a look. Could, will we go there? Can we do that? Okay. I feel like Mr. Rogers. Let's all go there, everybody. All right. Give me a click there, brother. All right. So some of the first things we see is this. Pro- prophetic pronouncement. In the New Testament, when you see angels appear... There's prophetic announcement and there's proclamation. So true worship should have a level of the prophetic and a level of proclamation. Uh, Let me give you an example. Because remember, angels go wherever worship is. Am I right? All right, and angels manifest what true worship in heaven should be manifesting. So the Lord said, review, he spoke to my heart, review when angels appeared what happened And that's what should be happening in your worship. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So, an angel appeared to Zechariah to prophesy the conception and birth of John the Baptist. Next, an angel appeared to Mary to prophesy the conception of the birth of Jesus. Next, an angel along the vast host of angels appeared to the shepherds proclaiming the Prince of Peace. Next, an angel, uh, this is at the end of the, the whole story, an angel rolled the stone away from the tomb and announced Jesus' resurrection. Two angels appeared to the women at the tomb and announced the resurrection. Two angels appeared to Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb. Now this is where angels showed up and prophetic proclamation was made. Therefore, ergo, angels bring prophetic proclamation so where the presence of God is, there should be prophetic proclamation. We should be saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm delivered. I am free. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus saves me. Jesus can save you. Prophetic proclamation. That's why we believe that we should speak forth the will of God. Worship should be audible. Worship should be prophetic. Worship should be calling forth the promises of God and the declarations of God. Somewhere, somehow, in the sense of what is holy, the church was taught to be quiet and don't make any noise. Shh, for reverence. Okay? But when I look at the appearance of angels, they are messengers and they are to proclaim the word of God. When I look at the angels in heaven, I hear angels proclaiming. I hear the seraphim saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of Almighty, uh, maker of heaven and earth. And it repeats and it resounds and it's, and it's singing forth and shouting forth. So worship must be prophetic unction. Okay? 
Now, thank God he's given us teaching and he's giving us preachers and he's given us lessons and learning and that's all good. But where there is the presence of Christ in the move of worship, there is prophetic and proclamation. Okay? So in our worship, we want to have a time where we worship God together. We proclaim the mighty deeds of God. Don't you find it interesting that on the day of Pentecost, when they got filled with the Spirit, what happened? Tongues of fire, right? The Spirit of God now indwells man. That hadn't happened since the fall. Uh, Before the fall, God created man, but that was gone now after he fell. Now God takes sin away through the blood of Jesus. The Spirit of God dwells in man. He runs out into the streets, the men and women, and they begin declaring what? The good, good deeds of God. It says that they spoke in every tongue and praised the glorious works of God. What's the most glorious work of God? Salvation, Jesus Christ. So where the church gathered, proclamation was made. And and I want to get back to true worship where there is proclamation of who God is and who His majesty is. Where there is the prophetic spirit of us speaking, thus saith the Lord to my people, and so forth, right? Are you with me on that? So angels appeared. When angels appeared, heaven was coming to earth and proclamation was made. How many of you know, I mean, this is just scientific fact, that, you know, a positive attitude, right? How many of you know that? Yeah, positive attitude. I mean, Oprah made a living on this, right? And and people write books all about uh, positive speaking and don't be so down and dull and all that. It's because prophetic unction works, even on unbelievers. You can make it. Why do you think they have cheerleaders at ball games? Seriously, why are there people going, go, 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 hit them with a brick, go, right? What are they doing? They're declaring, declaration, we're going to win. Victory? Am I right? Amen. We have marching bands at halftime. We're the best, we're the best, we're going to cream you. What do you think that's all an imitation of? Proclamation, declaration. And what we've done is we've... Right? And the church is the one who is to proclaim the good news. In fact, Mark puts it this way. To every creature... We're to preach the gospel to every creature. Francis of Assisi took it so seriously, he began witnessing to squirrels and and dogs and animals. Right? That's why you see statues of him with little birdies on his hands and everything. Because St. Francis preached to every creature. He was so moved by God and so literally believed to proclaim the kingdom of God, he began to talk to squirrels. Do you know Jesus? I don't know if he did that. I'm making that up. But... um, He did proclaim to every creature. He did have a strong belief in that. All right, do you see what I mean? Proclamation is important. So why we praise God audibly is because it sets the atmosphere of heaven into the earth. And you begin to hear a message of hope a message of deliverance. You begin to get among you. You didn't want to praise today. You weren't really feeling it. Kind of sore from yesterday. It's hot. It's 90 degrees in September. And someone out of the blue says, hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. All of a sudden you're like, thank you, Jesus. Proclamation, right? When you get in the atmosphere of heaven, 
Can you imagine people in heaven? Do you think there's going to be someone in heaven with all that glory and majesty and someone's going to be going like... (laughs) Watches aren't allowed. No more time. No, proclamation. So our worship should have a prophetic sense. When you come to church and you're coming to worship God, there should be a sense of, what is God going to say to me? What is God going to say tonight? Right? Those of you that move in the ministry of the prophetic, you should be on alert listening. Please, don't come here with some scripted prophecy you thought of last week. Don't do that. Please. There is a prophetic unction here that God's saying something, doing something right now, right here. The, the, the presence of heaven is vibrating and moving. Those of you with prophetic gifts, don't, don't just give what you think and what you thought or what you studied last week. Put your antennas out there Okay, figuratively speaking. And listen to what the Spirit is prophetically going to declare to the people tonight. Right? And so you're ready to hear it. You're ready to receive it. You're ready to listen. You want to know what's going on. And those of you who come here, begin to proclaim. Proclaim God. Now let's go on. Let's see what happened again when angels proclaimed or showed up. What happened when angels showed up? Here's another two examples. In Matthew 2, 13, an angel appeared to Joseph a second time to warn him, get out of Nazareth. You got to get down to Egypt, right? An angel appeared a third time to Joseph to instruct him to go to Egypt and then told him he could go back when it was right. So we see that angels come and bring protection. Angels are guardians. They're covering cherubs, okay? They're an army, the word host, a heavenly host. The word host really should be translated in English as army. They're fighters, they're warriors for God. That's what I liked about that TV show that was on uh, last year, the Bible. Did did anybody see it? Uh, Was it called the Bible? What was it called? It was the Bible. Okay, I got it right. Right? I liked it because the angels were like ninjas. These angels were cool. They were right? I mean, you see all these paintings of angels. Not this one. I like this painting. But a lot of times you see paintings of angels and they got long golden hair and they're just announcing and they're all wispy. These angels are army of angels. Mighty. Scaring people. People see the angels of heaven. They fall on their face and go they're scared. They're protectors. They want to protect. These are the things that they long to look into. The work of salvation is what they are poised and ready to accomplish. They celebrate when one's soul gets saved. Hallelujah. That's a victory in the battle for an angel. And so they protect. They warn us. They tell us. So they showed up for protection. So when the church of God comes together to worship, there's a spirit of protection. There's a spirit of all is right. God is with us. There's a spirit of boldness. How many of you remember when Peter was in chains, the church came together and prayed? What did it do? It it commissioned angels to go. Uh, The angel had to wake Peter up. He was sleeping so soundly. Hey, get up. It's time to escape. He's on death row and he's going, huh? But God had given him prophecy to him of how he was going to die and that didn't happen yet. So he was cool. Whatever you want me to do, God. And the angel said, wake up, get up. So he had to wake him up. And the angel takes him, and he goes back to the prayer meeting, and they didn't believe it. But angels move. When the people of God get together, angels move. Heaven, the ladder's moving. 
from heaven to earth, heaven to earth. And we're speaking and we're declaring, well, we don't need that. We got the Holy Spirit in us. God can just go, but that's not how God moves. He does hear us immediately because his spirit's in us and he moves it, but he commissions into the physical realm the ministry of angelic beings and the declaration of his people. How do you think he gets things to be done? Really, honestly. I know he can speak and make it happen, but he commissions his spirit, ministering spirits to accomplish his will. And so they're moving and ascending. When we gather together, there is a spirit of protection. We, more than ever, need to gather as God's elect, God's people. We need to gather in these days to protect and know the truth of God's word. We can't be scattered. We have to uphold the word of God and the truth of the word of God. We as a people must stand and be willing to lay our lives down and to stand against a world that's opposed to us and protect the word of God. Thank you. With protection comes a sense of comfort. I've had the privilege of being in China with the underground church with those believers who knew that if they were caught, gathered in that assembly, they would be arrested and beaten. I know that because I was there and arrested and taken away. Fortunately for me, I was American, so I didn't get beaten. They did. You see, but they didn't care because they knew that when the church came together to worship, they had protection and comfort. Well, if they did, how come God let them get caught? That's a long explanation, and there are reasons even in God to allow that to happen, but they didn't have a problem with it. They did not have a problem with getting caught. They, the one thing they didn't want to do was renounce their love for Jesus. Every time I've ever talked to, to Chinese people who have been imprisoned and tortured or taken for their faith, they've never asked for prayer for release. They always ask prayer to endure. Because it's not about them. They see it as an opportunity to declare God. Their protection is from heaven. It's not about their physical body. It's about preserving and protecting the work of God in the earth. So angels will give you strength to do that. But this isn't about angels. It's about why we gather. We gather to protect the word. Right now, the word of God is under attack in the United States. If the people of the church don't gather together, who will defend the word of God? Who will speak what is right and what is wrong? If we don't come together to grow and learn together, who will protect? We come together to protect the praise of God and the glory of God as a people in the earth. Amen? Now, let's look at the third place where we see angels coming. Angels came and ministered to Jesus after his temptation. It's at the beginning of his ministry. An angel ministered to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's at the end of his ministry. So where else did angels appear? To bring provision and care. So worship or the presence of God causes angels to minister. So when we come together weary and worn from the day, and we come to offer a sacrifice of praise to God, 
the anointing of heaven opens up to refresh the people of God. Your soul is renewed. Your soul is refreshed. And you can go on another day. For some of you with your dull, drab job, that's how you feel. For others to work with that person you literally can't stand, but you have a new perspective. God helps you readjust your thinking. Am I speaking it right? All right? And so... So we have to get refreshed in the presence of God. And angels appeared to refresh Jesus himself. They came to minister. Worship refreshes us. Worship protects us. Worship pronounces and proclaims the will of God. That's what happens in worship. When Jesus spoke to my heart to say, where did angels appear? You'll see a pattern of worship there. What I see in that is provision, protection, and proclamation. So when we worship, heaven begins to provide for you anointing, refreshing, covering, protection of what is true and right. And you stand for it, and it declares, it bubbles up in you to bring therefore proclamation of who God is. Amen? Amen. This is why we worship. This is what I want our worship ministry to understand, that as we are playing music, heaven is opened, the will of God is descending, and the will of God is ascending from the earth as the church declares it, and it redounds back as God declares His will upon His people to go forth. This is worship. It's more than singing a tune. It's more than just being emotionally charged. It is meeting heaven and earth in a glorious union for God to accomplish His will in the earth. That's what's going on tonight. And we're going to take the time tonight to just move in that. Some of you, and I understand this, some of you are like, ah, music and worship, it's just not my thing. I like the Word, I like study. I want to encourage you to kind of set music and set the singing aspect aside and come into the deeper things of what's happening in the spirit it's not about music and songs and lyrics it's about the presence of heaven moving and heaven opening in this time of interplay between heaven and earth let's stand together and let's just open our hearts and let's let worship come. Let's take our time and create the atmosphere of heaven in this place. I'm going to ask if someone back by the lights could uh, cut them back just a little bit. You don't have to turn them all off, but maybe the ones pointing down. We just want to set an atmosphere where we're going to focus on the Lord. There'll be times maybe we're not going to sing anything, but we're going to let the music flow. I'm going to ask you to refrain from prophecies or, or that. Just make declarations.